I wonder what is one of your memorable, more memorable gifts from childhood at Christmas? Think back a few years or many years ago, but, but does anything pop to mind? A favorite toy, a doll, something from those youngest years? I remember when I was in middle school, the big thing was windbreaker track suits. Bright colors, exceedingly baggy, and very loud when you move in them. These were the go-to item. I did not have a bright windbreaker tracksuit. This was high on my list as someone desperately trying to fit in in those middle school years. And that Christmas, Santa did in fact deliver a shiny blue tracksuit of my dreams, complete with, with various red and, and neon yellow accents kind of all around and the way they did it in the 90s. I put it on, I could not wait to hand, head over to, to the grandma and grandpa's as we did every year to celebrate Christmas and have the lunch and, and all the rest and show off this new coolness to my cousins. You could not pay me to wear that tracksuit today. <laughs> I shake my head, I think how eagerly I, got to, I was to sit proudly at my, that grandparents' brunch and, and in their very nice dining room in, in essentially a big reflective blue bag that, that moved like, like, like a bag in the wind every time I reached for something. But every generation has it, right? You may look back on some of whatever your generation's look was and maybe you shake your head. Maybe you marvel because it's come back around or it came back around and then it went away again. It's always coming and going. Finding that timeless look, right? Nearly impossible. Though that is what the Apostle Paul is aiming for in our reading from Colossians. A timeless kind of clothing, imperishable quality, enduring value. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Closet staples, right? And the church's wardrobe. From God's perspective, the best-dressed person in the room of every generation is, is the one who pulls those on and in opposition to the articles of clothing too readily worn in this world, almost naturally worn, and listed at, by Paul at the outset of our passage, anger, rage, malice, slander, gossip, lying to one another. In my own life, there have been seasons where, where, where part of my, my morning routine was to simply pray these on. Uh, to pray for, for God to clothe me afresh with this. And, 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 and that has been good. But before we get too far down that road, I don't want to overlook the way Paul begins this list from the church's wardrobe. Because Paul doesn't begin with sort of just listing articles of clothing. Wear this, wear this, wear this. The sentence actually begins, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. As those God has brought into the family, as those God has forgiven and sees as holy this very day, as God's beloved. Right? That's the foundational grace in which we live. That's, that's our foundational grace-filled identity. And yet, so very difficult to receive, isn't it? I mean, the reason I wanted this ridiculously baggy and loud tracksuit so badly, is the same reason the very next year I wanted this, this Nike jumper. And the next year I wanted this, this shirt from American Eagle. And, 
I wanted to be accepted by my middle school peers. To be thoroughly thought of as someone worthy of noticing to be in with the right group or at least feel like I'm in with the right group. And while we, we outgrow a certain middle school version of that, I don't know that we ever outgrow this basic longing to belong. We may or may not chase the latest fashion, but we have a host of ways we do try to show ourselves worthy enough, smart enough, or accomplished enough, or, or strong enough, or good enough, part of the right group, and perhaps also notably not part of that group. Paul seems to nod toward that issue in our passage where the church is tempted to talk exclusively about itself in terms of the group they are and the group they are not, Gentile or Jew, uncircumcised, circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, everybody trying to be in with the acceptable somebodies and maybe not so much the others. And amidst this jostling, Amidst this inevitable seeking for some kind of identity, creating our own in and out groups to, to satiate this profound longing to truly belong, to know and be known. Into this comes Jesus. And I love how Paul says it in, in the book of Romans. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not, you know, once we started to finally pull some of the holy clo clothing articles out of the closet and get them on, Christ said, all right, I'm coming. Not once we started to be a little bit kinder to one another. Once we started to show just a little bit of progress in one of our resolutions. No, while we were yet sinners, while we were still a mess, while we were still finding all kinds of ways to belong and then push the others away so that we could be in, while we were in the midst of all the mess, Christ came. Christ loved us to the point of death. Jesus embraces us in our mess. We have a place at the family table because the head of the family table has declared it once for all. Chosen, holy, beloved. This day and always. Paul knows if, 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 if we're secure in that knowledge, if we can receive the food of that knowledge, know the gift of that table, we belong no matter what. If we know, as Paul puts it, Christ is all and in all, then we really just don't care a whole lot about needing the next style or car or gadget or, or the house being perfectly together before anyone sees it or the social media post being perfectly together before anyone or whatever it is that makes us feel like we'll, we'll be much more in or acceptable or understood. And if that massive load no longer needs to be carried, if we trust beloved is the final verdict upon our lives, then we really are free to pull from the rack those timeless items that really matter when the family gathers at Christmas and throughout the year. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and, and love, which binds the whole outfit together. You know, I mentioned earlier when I was growing up each year on Christmas Day, we would head over to Grandma and Grandpa's house for, for the lunch and the gift exchange with a fairly extended large family. Um, and as excited as, as I was about the whole experience, every year, without fail, we'd walk through the door and there was 
stress. Food wasn't cooking right. Other food was behind schedule. Some family had still not shown up and the kids were getting hungry. The adults were getting hungry. This was becoming a hangry episode all around. And then there were one or two adults who were sort of famous for not helping out and sitting in the leather chairs. And this was cause for unspoken but seething resentment among some corners. Over the years, I learned which aunts and uncles were the consistently uh, stressed ones, which were the passive-aggressive ones, and which were just the straight-up aggressive. <laughs> I think there was an amen in there. Uh, I also remember my Aunt Beth. She's the youngest of my mother's five siblings. Always in the fray, cooking, helping with the children, pulling together the last-minute gift wrapping, kindly, strongly confronting the lazy TV watchers. But my Aunt Beth, she sticks out in my memory because I came to know her as the one that no matter how crazy it got going, she was grounded. She was patient amid the fray, even attentive. I remember how she, she naturally would always kneel down to speak to me, look me in the aisle, and, and smile amid all the, the crazy. I don't recall other than the fact that she, she really owned that 80s perm for all it was worth, I don't recall many of her other clothing styles. But boy, did she manage to pull patience from the closet every year. In the moment, as a child, I didn't recognize the gift as such. The stuff under the tree was, was, was where I was angling. But I look back and I readily see that given the general stress that seemed to congregate on, on Christmas Day and all some old family dynamics inevitably fell into pay, place, that patience, that gift was of enduring value. It was one of those gifts that, 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 that encourages me and, and I see it even today. And maybe that's what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 13 when he famously declares, love never ends. The stuff done in love has a way of carrying forth in strength far beyond its inception. Love never ends. I forgot about all the other gifts almost under the tree. Oh, but Aunt Beth's patience. As God's chosen people, holy and beloved, what would it look like to put on an outfit that neither spoils nor fades? One, one of enduring quality that in time we come to really see is, is the best gift we give friends and enemies alike. Ours is an enemy-loving God, yes? What would it look like to, be, to wear compassion, to pull that from the rack? Come with passion, suffering. What would it look like to share in the grief or hurt or angst of another? And so witness to our, our Savior Jesus who is, who is born fully with us and into our hurting world. Or what would it look like to pull kindness? It's God's beloved. A benevolent disposition and action. The same disposition and action Jesus took while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I can't help but think of Desmond Tutu today and his word on kindness. Do your little bit of good where you are. It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. And what about wearing humility? 
And so shined forth the presence of Jesus who did not hold on to the splendors and riches of heaven, but but let go, emptied himself, and became a servant among us, a servant even unto, unto death, and therefore was raised. To whom is the Holy Spirit calling us to serve? Or instead of reactive anger, what is it, is it to dawn gentleness this day? We're showing forth the spirit of our God who is slow to anger and, and, and quick in abounding love. What is it to wear patience? To wear each of these is to witness to the person of Jesus himself, to embody his presence born among us in this world. And much as on the first day of Jesus' birth, when very few recognized the enduring beauty and significance, so too I imagine many of these gifts offered in our world may not be readily acknowledged for their significance, their value. And yet in time, the attire I still remember, the entire of enduring value was the one worn by my Aunt Beth. The story that still captures our heart after all these years is that of the Christ child and his way. For that which is done in love never ends. Thanks be to God. Amen.